privilege that uh, pastor asked me to address this particular area uh, of finance and uh, you can follow along with me in the little booklet uh, we're going to do a lot of reading and then we're going to do some uh, budget work and uh, open it up to questions and uh, I didn't say answers, I said questions. So, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really been my, my privilege to work with people um, in their finances. Um, and this is a little bit different for me tonight in that I usually get to work with people after they're in trouble um, to try to get them out of debt, get their finances straightened out, uh, get their credit scores back up, and remediate their um, financial situation. And believe me, I have seen some real hair-raising Problems. I mean, I have seen some hair-raising problems that would even raise the hair on Pete's head. <laughs> Sorry about that, Pete. <laughs> By the way, I asked his permission to do that. Um, so, and tonight we're going to uh, hopefully give some information that will put you in a right step and right uh, path to um, good, sound, worry-free finances, okay? Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, and we ask that the Holy Spirit give us peace and comfort, give us wisdom, give us knowledge, give us that truth that you want to share with each and every one. It is through your word, Father God, that we base what we do, and let us be diligent and forthwith in all that we do. Father, we ask these things in the name of the Holy Spirit, our peace and our comfort. Amen. Amen. First page, worry-free finances, and we are working on step two, and step one is put your glasses on. And I only need them to see with. 
this is kind of like back in school. You know, the teacher says, well, follow along with me. Um, if we don't get off chasing rabbits, which I don't intend to tonight, this part of the presentation should be 15 minutes flat. Okay. Planning for success. Last week, Pastor Philip laid a solid foundation on tithing consistently. The second step we must take if we want financial freedom is to become responsible managers of what God has given us. Stewardship. One of the most important truths we have to work out in our minds is that everything we own really belongs to God. Because we belong to God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 tells us, You are not your own. You were bought with a price. We are God's, and everything we have has been given to us by him. James 1 and 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. And Psalms 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Our stuff really is not our stuff, but God's. We are just stewards or managers of what he has given us. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2 says, Now, a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. New Living Translation. The Amplified Version says, worthy of trust. One quality of a good manager is that they can be trusted to make good decisions with things they have been entrusted with. We've got to obey God by tithing the first 10% of our income and being responsible managers of our finances. We don't need an accounting degree to manage our finances successfully. The truth is that personal finances is really more personal than it is financial. It's 20% head knowledge and 80% behavior. Being a responsible manager is largely about managing ourselves, having discipline and using wisdom to make decisions about the money that we have. Proverbs 21 and 5 says, good planning and hard work leads to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. New Living Translation. Number one, define your financial goals. Number two, design a working budget, and we'll go into that in a minute. Defining your financial goals, as Zig Ziglar puts it, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. I'm going to do that one again. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Now, when setting goals, be specific. I want to reduce my debt by 20% by this time next year is much better than I want less debt. 
Here are some simple goals that should be a priority when it comes to our finances. Number one, tithing. Save and invest. And three, eliminate debt. Tithing and giving. We've already talked about tithing and depth. But let me remind you that tithing is an act of obedience to God. Tithing opens the door for God to start moving in our financial tough lives. Did you get that? Tithing opens the door for God to start moving in our financial lives. If you only get one thing, you should underline that one. Okay? Save and invest. Saving is simple, but yet so many of us fail to do it. The average American spends more than he or she makes. Many people can't even cover their expenses each month, let alone save. We place more value on getting what we want now than using wisdom and planning for the future. Proverbs 21.20 says, The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. The Living Bible. Here are three basic reasons we should save. Saving keeps us focused and disciplined. Number two, saving brings a sense of peace and security. Number three, saving creates a reserve fund for emergencies. Very important. Now let's focus on that last one for a minute. The average American doesn't have access to $1,000 in cash. That means when an emergency arises, we are forced to depend on credit. Part of being a responsible manager is being wise and saving so that we are financially prepared for whatever comes our way. Now, if you can, save at least $5 a week. It's a start. Some people say, Debt is causing me the most trouble. Wouldn't it be better just to focus on that before I start tithing or saving? The answer is an emphatic no for many reasons. But here are two of the most important ones. First, when we tithe, we are being obedient to God's word. Giving God first place in our finances opens the door for him to be involved. Secondly, both tithing and savings are good habits we need to develop. If you keep doing what you have already done, you will get what you've always got. So let's change our habits. Eliminate debt. Romans 3, or 13 and 8 says, Keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love one another, the Amplified Version. Debt is one of the most crippling, devastating problems people in our nation face today. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, the average American spends $1.33 for every $1 he or she earns. Every American spends $1.33 for every $1 he or she earns. 
That means that on average, such people are spending 33% more than they make. Credit cards have allowed us to spend money we don't have on stuff we don't need. And for many people, credit has created a problem that's taking over their lives. Think about how quickly debt can get out of control. If you make 40000 a year and overspend by only 10% in a year, you owe 4000 on credit cards. You think, eh, no big deal. I'll pay it off next year when I get that raise or my tax refund. But the overspending continues. And five years later, you have 20000 in credit card debt. Add on to that an extremely high interest rate, and it's going to take you 40 years to pay off the balance if you make only the minimum payment. I'm sure you're aware that if you get to the point where you're making only the minimum payment, there's a little very fine clause and it's called forced interest and they'll raise it to 29% on you. Okay? If you don't believe me, go read your credit card statement. You'll never get out of debt 40 years. Proverbs 22 and 7 says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. God doesn't want us to be bound by anything. That's why it's so important that we begin to eliminate debt and escape its hold on our lives. Of those people who declare bankruptcy, 53% do so because of credit card debt. In his book, Financial Peace, Dave Ramsey offers basic guidelines for how much people should give, save, and use to reduce debt. Giving 10 to 15% of your income. Savings, 5 to 10% of your income. Debt reduction, 5 to 10% of income. Big fingers. What is my big finger? Oh, okay. What is my goal? Write it down. Check it often, okay? What do I need to do to get there? Set action steps. Now, designing a working budget. That's what we're going to do in a little bit. Proverbs 27 and 23 says, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. This verse tells us that we are responsible for knowing the status and condition of what we've been given to manage. A budget is simply a tool. And I have always hated that word, budget. But a budget is simply a tool that helps us get a look at our financial situation and is a basic requirement for good stewardship. Find out where your money is going. 
do a 90-day audit of everything you spend. Not easy. But do a 90-day audit of everything you spend. We'll go into that later. My papa used to say, if you don't know where it's going, you won't know where it went. Now think about that one. If you don't know where it's going, you won't know where it went. Plan your budget each month. Work your budget. Evaluate and adjust each month. Remember, Proverbs 21 and 5. Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. New Living Translation. Developing good habits. As we look at what it takes to manage our finances with wisdom, it's important that we recognize the goal our inner life plays. Our individual habits, tendencies, mindsets, and even our character. As we said before, personal finance is mostly personal. I want to challenge you to look at anything in your life that may be hindering you from being a responsible manager. Whatever those things may be, make the choice to deal with them and to develop good habits to carry you forwards. Think back to Proverbs 21 and 5. Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Poverty. New Living Translations. Identify poor habits and underlying mindsets. Lasting change comes when we adjust the way we think. Our actions are a result of our thoughts, which reflects our values, perspectives, and mentalities. Romans 12 and 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If we want our financial picture to change, we have to change the way we think about money. Money is not evil. Money is just a tool. Developing strong character. I want to highlight three key character qualities that can bring significant momentum to our lives and our finances. Number one is discipline. Number two is diligence, and number three is faithfulness. We are responsible for developing those qualities in our lives. They won't develop on their own, okay? They won't develop on their own. Discipline. Have you ever known someone who had a lot of potential but just couldn't get it together? They didn't have self-control. Proverbs 10 and 17 says, The road to life is a disciplined life. That's the Message Bible. And Proverbs 5 and 23 says, Death is the reward of an undisciplined life. Your foolish decisions trap you in a dead end. The Message Bible. Diligence. Proverbs 27 and 23 says, be diligent to know the state of your blocks, your flocks, and attend to your her- herbs, your herbs, herds, 
Okay, herbs. I like cooking with herbs, but these are cattle, okay? Attend to your herds. New King James Version, if you can afford cattle. Discipline can be defined as giving the degree of care required in a given situation. A persevering determination to perform a task. Diligence is not hard work. It is heart work. Diligent people work hard. Number two, diligent people don't give up easily. Diligent people go the extra mile. Diligent people are committed to follow through. Diligent people know that details matter. Not sloppiness. Faithfulness. 1 Samuel 26, 23 tells us, The Lord rewards, rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. There are rewards associated with faithfulness, both tangible and intangible, when it comes to our finances. We've got to be faithful with what we have if we want God to bless us with more. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2 says, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Okay? And my favorite, Matthew 25 and 23, New Living Translation, says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibility. Let's celebrate together. Now, remember, remember, That if your outflow is greater than your inflow, your upkeep will be your downfall. Okay? If your outflow is greater than your inflow, your upkeep will be your downfall. Okay? And I hit it right about 15 minutes. Now, in in your booklet, we have three... This is going to be fun. We have three uh, separate budgeting tools. The first one is called a quick start budget. And it is basically, boy, you know, I I can see here with these, but I can't see up there, and I can't see there, but I can't see down here. Honey, I need new glasses. (laughs) not in the budget okay okay back back okay the quick start budget okay Um, a quick start budget does not have uh, expenditures it's strictly an accounting of what you have um coming in. In other words, it's not allocating, it's just simply saying this is how much I this is how much I pay for electricity, this is how much I pay for gas, you know. So you just there you notice there's no 
expenditure portion on these things, on this quick start one. So it's just, you know, bang, bang, and bang, bang. So that's on uh, quick start budget. In other words, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just a guideline. It's a place to start. It's not that something that's intimidating or scaring, scary. So it's just uh, a quick start budget. Now, each of you have uh, this in your booklet. And if there's anybody that wants to uh, meet with us, you know, we'll be more than happy to go over the budget, how to develop and set up a budget program and planning. Um, you know, this is a service that we provide through our church. Uh, the only thing that's required is that you do your part. We'll do ours if you'll do yours. Okay? Now, the next is called the Quick Start Budget. I'm sorry. The, okay, we on next one, on the next page in Quick Start Next page there. Nope, that's Freddie Mac there. It just says quick start budget. Can we find it? Nope, the next one back. Nope, it'll have charity and tithing. Okay, quick start budget. The next sheet on quick start budget. We don't have that? Okay, in your in your book here is the quick start budget entry forms. In other words, you're just going to put in here like tithes, your budget, your 10%, savings, emergency fund, 5 to 15, and what other, other savings part, housing, your first mortgage, second mortgage, real estate, repairs, maintenance, then utilities, electric, gas, water, trash, phone, mobile, interest rates, and cable. In other words, this is just strictly a accounting of what is going on in your monthly uh, finance, okay? Just, your, just a quick start budget. That's the first step. Now, monthly cash flow plan. Okay, monthly cash flow plan. Okay, there we go. Now, you'll notice that there is, um, let's see where it is. Whoop, turn it over. Hmm, you got to turn on the switch, don't you? Okay, um, I don't know if it's, it's clear, but on this one, you'll have budgeted and spent. In other words, it's going, you're going to have a place for uh, what you budgeted and what you actually spent for groceries, what you actually budgeted, and what you spent for restaurant. So these are, uh, and your allocated amount there should be between 5 and 15% of your monthly income, Okay. And then step three is your take-home pay. Um, 
And then you subtract your expenses from your income. We hope you're able to subtract your expenses from your income and not have a negative the other way, okay? So this one is, uh, and then the next page, the monthly cash flow plan. Monthly cash flow plan, there we are. Okay, charity, tithing, offerings up here, budgeted and actual givings, savings in here, and then uh, you know, the, the uh, 10 to 5, 15%, and then housing, which is 25 to 35%. And if you're getting into 35% area, you're probably getting into a little more house than you probably can afford unless you can really cut back on some other things. Um, and where'd Molly go? Where'd Molly go? Okay. Well, real estate people will tell you that 25% of your annual income should be about the maximum for your, um, for your housing allowance. Okay. So then you'll also notice that there are some, let's see, clothing, Okay, you notice here on clothing, one, two, and three, there's little envelopes. You see up here there's a little envelope, envelope, excuse me, teacher. Um, That is part of the envelope or envelope system that we teach also in that uh, this is one way to budget is by putting the allocated amount into a specific envelope and you do not exceed that amount for the month, okay? It is a very good way to keep you on track, and if you run out of money before you run out of month, you don't get to go out for that extra hamburger or that extra uh, spending or, you know, it's... It's a way that says, I've got this much in the envelope, and I can't spend any more. Now, at the end of the month, you make an adjustment of how much you have and how much you've allocated. If it is a a fairly good amount, then you maybe need to, again, we're doing this monthly, readjust your budget because you're going to do your budget Every month, you're going to make your adjustments. Now, if there's money left over, you don't go, whoo, hallelujah, I'm going to go spend it. You know, we don't do that. We can allocate that to debt reduction. That feels good, okay, as we reduce debt, okay? And next one is... It has insurance and then personal, and it has uh, a bunch more envelopes, child care, toiletries, cosmetics, hair, uh, replacing furniture, pocket money, and his and pocket money, hers. Um, This particular form and format is, is pretty detailed. It covers just about everything people have to deal with. Okay?
Now, let's go to Freddie Mac. Freddie Mac. Where are you at, Freddie Mac? Freddie Mac. Everybody knows that Freddie Mac is a part of HUD, Housing and Urban Development, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Okay? Now, if you go to um, budget tools um, on your um, uh, on your computer, you can find uh, <clears throat> the Dave Ramsey forms that you can print out. Or if you want to sit down with us, we can make some copies. You know, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you do. Now, I like combining some of the Dave Ramsey things and combining it with the Freddie Mac because if you ever want to buy a house or in that market, this is part of what they kind of look at as far as how is your budgeting going and, and your outflow, does your outflow exceed your inflow, you know. And here you have your income. You actually put your monthly budget down, and then you put your actual monthly next to it. You make the difference, and then you can make notes. If it's a extra payment that month, just note, this is uh, an extra payment or extra income this month. And then you can put alimony, other income. So your total monthly statements are in the first portion of this form. And then your mortgage, rent, homeowner association, electric, gas. It is, it's a very, very comprehensive form and format. And if you'll work it, I mean, it will absolutely help you uh, get on track. And then uh, the monthly budget, you know, student loans, legal fees. Um, it has a place for children's care, lunch tuitions, lunch money. Uh, there's a, And you can go back to the Dave Ramsey things where he suggests using a envelope system and apply those to these particular areas in the uh, Freddie Mac budget worksheet, okay? And that concludes our formal portion of uh, this presentation. Now, we're going to open it up to questions. Um, didn't say we'd have answers. just said we could ask questions, okay? Um, did I kind of hit pretty much everything that we need to do? You know, if, uh, if we follow the program, you can take this program and take it to the next step and do a rapid debt reduction program, okay? We also will be uh, teaching a uh, probably a one-on-one -on -one type program on remediation of your credit score 
how to get that, uh, you know, get it back up to above, you know, try to get it above 640. Okay. Uh, anybody have any questions? Any questions? Pete, got any questions? No, sir. I think you did a fantastic job. Wouldn't you all agree? Mr. Dan, thank you so much. And we're, and we're going to get out early. How Wonderful. That, that was the first question somebody asked me. Can we get out early? Go ahead. Dan, you mentioned that the average American, on every dollar that's been made, they spend 33 cents above that which has been made. Well, isn't it really critical that everybody should do an analysis on their outcome, their out uh, flow, to see whether they're in that category? Amps. Because that's in a very, that's, if they're in that category, then that is very, very critical, and something need to be done as soon as possible to remediate that. Absolutely. Um, when we did our last uh, financial seminar. I said, look, I'm going to sell you this Butterfinger. You know, it's a $1 Butterfinger. Now, who wants to buy a $1 Butterfinger? Okay? And then if you did, I'm going to charge you $1.33. You go, well, wait a minute. You said it was a dollar. Well, yeah, but, you know, the interest on it and everything else is now $1.33. So, you know, the old joke is that my wife bought it on sale. We didn't need it, but it was on sale, you know. So did you really save anything? Probably not. But, you know, after 53 years of marriage, we have, uh, we have probably gone through every up, down, bounce, sideways, um, that you can think of. And I would deeply suggest that if you are married, that you sit down with your spouse. Uh, there shouldn't be any secrets on your finances. Um, it's just, it's just that important, you know, um, uh, now, early on, I mentioned the fact that we should do a 90-day audit. Now, what am I talking about? Anybody? You guys are so quiet. Now I know how come Pastor Philip says, is there anybody awake out there? You know, he's usually looking at me when he says that. But, but uh And then the next thing that happens is I usually get an elbow in the ribs. <laughs> but anyway, um, what do I mean by a 90-day audit of your finances, of your personal finance? That's part of it. But here's the other part. And there are apps that you can use to do this. There's, you know, your phone, you can do it, and you, and you can do it on your paper. But for every 
penny that you spend for that month, you write it down. And you do that for three months. And you are going to be surprised. Boy, are you going to be surprised. Um, I didn't realize how well I liked twisty, or what do they call it? Do they call it twisty, honey, or twirl ice cream at Linda's Cat Restaurant? Yeah. I didn't realize how much I liked those things. And they're only a dollar and 15 cents. But, you know, $5 a week, you can put that in your savings account. You know, so, yeah, I, I, I've had to give up my twisty cones, you know, which is half chocolate and half vanilla. But, uh, yeah, anybody else like twisty cones at Linda's out there in Watson? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, we used we used to, we used to, on every Wednesday night on the way home and every other special occasion night, we would stop and get, what's our favorite, hun? Peanut butter milkshakes. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, we got some people in here that's right on my line. So, and, you know, start, start to think, you know, do I really need it? Does my waistline need it? No. Can I put that $3, $6 in our case when you get two of them? That's um, $12 a week. That's, what, $24? And then you keep adding that, you know. And just in about two weeks, I could have made my water payment, which is $40 a month. You know, be a good steward of what God has given you. Yeah. Does it mean that you can never have those things? No. You know, if anybody wants to sit down with me, if anybody wants to sit down with me and uh, go over an envelope program, yes. With the envelope program, I've always been scared of it because, like you said, once there's nothing in that envelope, then that's it. You just kind of deal with that. Do you recommend certain areas to um, maybe cushion or overcompensate? Try to get it as close as you can. But the second month, you should have an adjustment from that first month. If you undershoot it, you know, Try to do it as close as you can, but then the next month, go ahead and make that adjustment. And, you know, it, it takes about, about 90 days to uh, get pretty much where you're going with it, okay?
like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.